0: everyone and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night.
1: My name's Nick. I'm an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today we welcome Holly Turner and Andy Sluserenko, This husband and wife duo is behind the wine at Three Rivers Winery in Walla Walla, Washington.
0: During this episode we learn about ABA's, rosés, and what makes this winery a real hole-in-one.
1: Without further ado, let's get into the podcast.
0: Welcome to the show. To start, we'll let Holly and Andy introduce themselves and tell us about their roles at Three Rivers Winery.
2: Hi there, I'm Holly Turner. I'm the winemaker at Three Rivers Winery in Walla Walla, Washington.
3: Hi, and I'm Andy Slusserenko, general manager and assistant winemaker at Three Rivers Winery.
1: Awesome, so we're excited to have you both on today. So do you want to start by walking us through how uh, you both got started in the wine industry, and then with Three Rivers Winery.
2: Uh, yes, I'll go first. <laughs> I uh, have a degree in biology, and you know I thought I was going to go into the medical field, and yeah, I I was ended up a little bit tired of going to school, so I got a job and ended up working in a food laboratory. I really, really didn't like it, so uh, I went out searching for something that I. Think I would love to do anyway. I went into uh, the tasting room for Chateau Saint Michel, one of the largest wineries in Washington, and fell in love. And um, six months later, I ended up in the laboratory and then on the winemaking staff. So, uh, kind of fell into you know kind of went for your dream you know a dream job. you know, and then I've lived it for over twenty five years now. So, um, a long time has passed and. Um, I, I did a little uh, vintage in South America in Argentina, um, and, I, and I've traveled a bit, but um, I came to Three Rivers in 2000, and um, started out as the assistant winemaker and worked my way up to, well, I've been the winemaker for eons now, so uh, that's that's what happened to me.
3: Well, and for Andy here, um, I started at Three Rivers back in 2000 as well. Um, graduated college with my horticulture and turf management degree and actually met the previous owners of Three Rivers Winery at a golf course where I was working at the time and they kept telling me they wanted a golf course at their winery and so one thing led to another is pretty much drawn up on a napkin over beers and um, I installed a a, uh, three-hole golf course on three acres um, sort of destination typesetting at this winery and uh, slowly worked my way in after the golf course was installed. I grew in the vineyard for them right after that and then transferred inside as winemaking first as cellar master and then where I'm at as assistant winemaker now. Um, Growing up in the apple orchards of Walla Walla I knew I didn't want to farm for the rest of my life so I went to college and here I am farming again.
1: (laughs) Uh, Hey, comes full circle. So why don't you tell us, you mentioned their previous owners, how did uh, Three Rivers Winery get started? How long have you guys been around?
2: Uh, Yeah, so there were three original partners. They um, got together at the bar and were cooking up plans for a business. And it was just when the valley was really starting to take off. Um, We were the 13th winery in Walla Walla. Uh, And so they saw the opportunity for a destination facility. Um, So like Andy said, we have a vineyard, we had a golf course, and we have um, a production facility, of course, and a large hospitality area, Um, and it's a beautiful, at a beautiful setting. So um, there they went, um, dug into it in 1999, doors opened in 2000. Um, They eventually sold to Bill Foley, and so we're part of uh, Foley Family Wines now um, and have been for the last 12, 13 years.
3: Just so I can set the the record straight, also, we do not have a golf course any longer. (laughs) Um, In 2017, (laughs) uh, the course pretty much ran its course, and I was glad to pull it out. Um, And so now it's just a family park-like atmosphere on three acres.
0: Very cool, and it's beautiful from what we've seen. Uh, being our, of course. Being our first Washington-based winery on the show, we'd love to hear more about how the Walla Walla region affects the flavor profile of your wines. I, <clears throat> yeah,
2: so the, the Walla Walla Valley, um, the AVA itself was established in in 1984. It spans two states, so it's not only in Washington, it's also in Oregon. Um, the elevations are from 400 to 2,000 feet, depending on where you are in the valley. And then um, also precipitation can be anywhere from seven to 22 inches. So we back up to the Blue Mountains. Uh, it's a beautiful pastoral setting here, lots of wheat. And uh, so so. anyway, the dynamic here is is unique. There are different soil types here as well, um, different depths. And so we're all growing grapes on, um, riverbeds, hillsides, um, deep plus soils. So I would say um, there is a range of flavors, definitely, and profiles coming from from the valley. Um, you know, we have, you can have Syrah grown at the north end of the valley or in the south end in Oregon. And um, it, can, it can be fruity and really kind of jammy to just this wild, meaty beast. So it's really... Um, it it's it's it seems to us to be really diverse for
0: one AVA. So, speaking of AVA, a lot of our listeners might be unfamiliar with what that means. Could you just explain uh, for those who might not what what it is? Oh uh, yeah, so it's a geographical
2: region. Um, to to become an AVA, there's a petitioning process where. Um, different professionals um, will lay out why this particular area um, or American viticultural area why it is unique and in its own right and so um, so it can be the geography definitely soils um, the naturally occurring um, geography so in Washington we have our greater growing region is called the Columbia Valley and within it sits the Walla Walla Valley, um, along with other um, subappalachians within the state.
0: Awesome. And what varietals would you say are the most viable in your region? I know you have quite a few of your own, but we'd love to hear about in general, what's growing the best there?
2: Um, in, in Walla Walla, there's um, Cabernet Sauvignon does well. Syrah does very well. There's not a whole lot of white varietals planted, but, but there, there are some um, we've really enjoyed Malbec also from the Walla Walla Valley.
1: Awesome. So let's get a little bit into your wine selection there. Uh, do you have any bottles that really stand out that are more popular or special vintages that just sell like crazy?
2: Um, we have our, we have a flagship blend at at the winery called Svelte. And so it's, um, it's typically a Bordeaux varietal blend. We've, we've come up with the name spelled just so we can dabble in other varieties with the blending if, if, uh, the vintage, you know, allows, I suppose, or if we like it because now it can be whatever we want it to be. But typically it's a Cabernet based, Petit Verdot based, um, with usually some Malbec or Merlot blended in. Um, so, so that wine is popular for us and we love blending that every year. And, um, And then another little fancy wine that I think you guys have is the um, estate rosé. So we have some Cabernet Franc planted at the estate and uh, it's really found its way to be a nice rosé. So that's fun.
1: Yep. We're excited to try that one. I know Bianca has it. It came in today, but I'm a state away. So I wasn't able to get my hands on it yet. (laughs) So we'll be trying that at the end of this podcast. Um, Are there any limited run or special edition wines that you guys haven't come out later this year that are out right now?
2: Um, Our whole um, DTC program, like direct to consumer um, wine club, tasting room wines are very limited in quantities. So um, we are always, once once our shipments go out to our wine club, if there's any wine left, uh, then we have it available in our tasting room. So we do have quite, an array of special wines, typically around 100 cases per bottling. So um, we have a single vineyard, Malbec coming out, uh, Syrah, um, Cabernet Sauvignon. We also have come up with some other, I don't, you know, we came up with this name spelt for one blend. Well, then we want to do a right bank blend that we call Tribulé. So it's Cabernet Franc and Merlot. And then we came up with a, we call it a new world blend. It's equal parts of Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Syrah from Washington State. So, uh, well, obviously it's all from Washington, but uh, in kind of the the theme. So we, w- the new world wine, we call streamlet because in the river theme, three rivers. you <laughs> know we have to come up with names, and uh, we really liked the word tri- or uh, rivulet, but or rivulet, I suppose. But it was taken by another. Um, booze producer, and so we added a T and call it Rivulet instead. So yeah. trivulet
3: excuse yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, we just add a T to it. Then the little French flair, Rivulet. Make your own words up and yeah, make your just... own wine label. There you go.
1: Exactly, it makes it more fancy. There yeah. you go. Exactly. You charge an extra couple bucks for it. <laughs> so you mentioned briefly your wine club. Can you tell us a little bit about that what members can get and if that's open to everyone across the country? Do you ship out or is that just for local members?
2: Uh, we do it is available throughout the country um, off the top of my head I'm not sure what states we can't ship to um, so wine club members will I, for now, they can choose either uh, to be in the white and red club, get one white wine, one red, or um, we have some red club members only. So uh, we do four shipments a year, um, September, November, March, and May. Um, they All the reds, are they're all different, uh, and four different white wines too, which includes um, Riesling, Rosé, um, we're doing a Semillon Sauvignon Blanc in our next shipment um, and a Chardonnay.
0: Neat, and your wines, we've been looking kind of at your, at your Instagram and your social media and I see that you guys have kind of a, a focus on nature and, and being outdoors and just kind of natural elements. Can you tell us a bit about your commitment to sustainability and how that is implemented into your winemaking process?
2: Uh, yes, so um, yeah, we we do love nature and inherently in what we're doing, you know, um, farming um, um, you know we are a manufacturer, I suppose, you know we have a production facility. Um, and so this we are currently working on our um, live certification, which is a third party, Um, sustainability certification for vineyards Um, so we're working on getting our estate vineyard certified which includes biodiversity Um, so generally you have a planting that um, allows beneficial insects to thrive Um, we don't use any you know hard chemicals it's um, oils and minerals um, in the vineyard Um, so we're we're already doing all of that um but we will be third party certified um they also offer the same thing inside the winery but we've been recycling all that we can um we we have safe measures in place for um water conservation um and well we use uh the barrels that we're buying are sustainable as well. All parts of our industry have really um, Been focusing on sustainability and so um, and same with growers. So I think it's a real in our business. Um, consumers want that we want that we want that for the environment. Um, so, uh, so anyway, we're all do, doing our best.
0: And we also saw, I work in social media, so I am someone who basically lives on social all day long. I also <laughs> saw this precious photo of Rio, which I thought was the sweetest thing. Um, it says that you also have three, will have three Rios. Can you explain to us, uh, if, do you have other pups on site or what? It, a little bit more about what that means?
3: So Rio, that was my vineyard manager's new puppy. Um, and obviously I said, uh, Trace Rios being three rivers. I hope we don't have three Rios <laughs> on site <fight> because uh, <laughs> there'll be a lot of barking. That little puppy, he is the cutest <laughs> thing, but he's growing like a foot a day, I swear. I believe but, it. <laughs> um, he actually rides with my vineyard manager everywhere he goes, um, on the truck, on the tractor, wherever it he is. He's, he's all part of it. And we are family and animal friendly at the winery as well.
1: That's awesome. That's a lot of fun. Uh, So circling back to earlier, the golf course being turned into more of a family friendly park and having a tasting room, what sort of unique experiences do you have to offer for people that are coming and visiting in person?
3: Um, At Three Rivers, um, we are, like I said, we like invite anybody, um, young, old, however it may be. And we have plenty of seating outside on that three acres of grass for people just to like enjoy nature birds, animals. Um, We also have an expansive deck that wraps around the winery, um, free for picnics or just wine tasting. And we just finished up a brand new remodel of our tasting room, um, sort of bringing it more to the modern spectrum. We also do have a uh, suspended catwalk that goes through our production areas and from one barrel room into our wine production area and back through like another barrel room. And that we'd like to take people on just to kind of like show them like sort of behind the scenes what happens. Um, Not all wineries are glamorous and everything. So uh, when it's in the heat of the moment at harvest, it's very sticky and this is what we do, but we want people to see that that because it is like a raw product that we are turning into this lovable, valuable wine.
1: Yep, that's awesome. And with tours, do you offer any more expansive tours that show the vineyards where they actually grow the grapes?
3: We actually, um, so on site, we have an eight acre vineyard and um, all depending upon time, if we have time or not, we will give people the, like a state vineyard tour plus a wine production tour all in the same. um, And then like sit them down for like a tasting as well. We don't really like offer any tours out to any of the other vineyards throughout the Walla Walla Valley that we source from just because of timing and not a lot of staff. Um, Holly and I and one other guy is all we have for winemaking. It's a very, very small crew.
0: We also see that on your social pages, because I'll keep going back to that, (laughs) uh, you have lots of food and wine kind of pairings and just things you put together. I love seeing all those, especially the oysters and the rosé, and I'm kind of regretful that I don't have any oysters in front of me right now. <laughs> what are some of your favorites? And are those things that you're making on site, or are those kind of, when you're home and just putting stuff together, you're throwing them up on, on the ground?
3: So going back to the social media, um, I took over our social like accounts about a year, year and a half ago, just to really show who Holly and I are and who like Three Rivers is um, as a whole. We are very much like about nature, like and about food and about fun and friends and family. And so pretty much everything that we post, we take the pictures of, we're experiencing it. Um, we love to cook at home, so we don't eat out very often. So we're always trying to experiment and just rethink new things. I mean, uh, I'm not very good at social media. I'm not very good at taking pictures and I'm really not good at. I guess, describing what it is, but it's fun.
0: <laughs> I think you're doing a pretty good job.
3: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you.
2: Yeah, and if, and if Andy didn't mention it, we, uh, we're married, too.
3: Yes. We're a husband and a wife winemaker.
2: <laughs> so that, that's no. how we can take pictures. Yes, all these exactly. That's
3: why <laughs> she's always with me. And I'm always
1: with <laughs> Work is
3: never done.
0: Nope. It's the perfect duo.
1: So I know this is the moment Bianca has been waiting for. Bianca, do you want to go ahead and open the bottle and give it a taste?
0: I know, Nick. I feel like this has happened before, too. Poor Nick. He's always left out when uh, I get my shipments late. <laughs> um, that was on me, too. But uh, yeah, I just opened this rosé, and it's, it's really a great, it's a great bottle. It's very refreshing. I did toss it in the wine fridge for about an hour before the call so that I could chill a little bit. Um, then I took it out, and it's been it's been breathing for a little bit now since we've jumped on the call. But it is a very tasty, very nice wine. I definitely think that this is perfect for summer. Uh, it's been hot here, so I'm very much enjoying it. But I'd love for you to tell us a bit more about it and uh, what you know why it's special, what makes it different than other rosés in the market, and also what the primary tasting notes are. Um, yeah, so. Um... This is
2: Cabernet Franc from our estate vineyard. We only have, we have just under three acres of Cabernet Franc. So um, nobody else is getting it, which makes it very special. We're the, you know, so um, it's it's our estate rosé, only available in the tasting room or to, you know, to order online. Um, we've been making rosé from the property for years now. Um, and The site uh, is hot. Uh, It can be susceptible to like early frost. So for us to be able to pick it a little bit on the earlier side, um, keep the alcohol lower, the acidity up. Um, We don't want, uh, the color is so pretty. Um, uh, So we press, we we don't, you know, maybe the skin contact time is three hours total, so um, we, we didn't want to make a, a full-bodied rosé. We wanted it refreshing and on the lighter side. Um, it's all. It, it was all in stainless steel, um, just to keep the flavors fresh and and clean. It was a cool fermentation, um, but you don't. Uh, we love the our yeast program that we're using. It really cabernet franc can be really vegetal, but um, uh, we've kind of. Uh, worked with it so much, uh, trying to dial in this rosé um, that it's really got some nice watermelon characters and and um, field uh, wild strawberries. And um, so you know, there's still a little bit of that fresh kind of um, component to it, but it, it seems to have this nice red fruit. Sometimes when it's fermenting, it's just like. Um, Oh, those Jolly Ranchers, the watermelon Jolly Ranchers, it's just crazy, so.
3: It's sunshine in a bottle.
0: I can definitely see that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not as well versed into the wine making process. Can you tell me what makes a rosé, rosé, how this is a Cab Franc rosé?
2: Yeah, so um, you can, you make rosé, you can, you, bake rosé from a red grape varietal. Um, The color comes from as however long you have skin contact. Um, So you could have a Cabernet Sauvignon uh, rosé or a Merlot rosé. Cabernet Franc is very traditional um, rosé from Bordeaux, France. Um, um, So how can you make it? So you can intentionally pick your grapes that you're using, whatever red bridal, um, a little bit, I prefer on a little bit on the earlier side for the reason that you want it to be more like a white wine than a red wine. So acidity, you want a little bit higher acidity, um, you want a little bit lighter, potentially in alcohol, uh, you don't want it to be overwhelming, you know, if you're drinking rose for lunch, you want to be able to drink it, you know, you're not going to sleep. So, um, uh, so, the, so the other way you can make rosé is uh, your intention is to make a red wine and use signet. You pull off part of the, the juice early um, and typically it'll be pink because this fruit is really ripe. Um, and then those are typically higher in alcohol, probably a little bit deeper in color, uh, a little more full-bodied um, rosés. So those are kind of the two different ways you can make rosé.
1: Really cool. Uh, Do you have anything else you guys want to share before we sign off and let you guys go?
2: Um, I have a new, we have a new uh, label coming out this fall um, called Head Turner. So it's uh, um, going to be an AVA now that we learned what an AVA is. Um, Yes AVA specific um, wines uh, available in the market. So we're, we're going to have a um, Red Mountain uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and a Horse Heaven Hills Chardonnay,
0: both from Washington State. Those sound great. And uh, can you tell us where, after talking about it so much, can you tell us where we can find you on social media and also where listeners can find your wines to get them for themselves?
3: Yes, you can find us on social media at threeriverswinery.com or the number three, or at the number three Rivers Winery. See, I'm learning all the social media <laughs> stuff. And most of our wine can be found online at our website, uh, threeriverswinery.com. And in select markets around the United States, we do have some distributed products as well.
1: Love it. We really appreciate having you both on. Hope to talk to you again soon.
3: Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you. Enjoy the
1: rosé.
0: Cheers. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content.
1: And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening.